0: For us this morning, but Mount Hunter has a power failure, so the Stanleys are without power. So if you think you've got a bad at home with power, the Stanleys are at home without power. So pray for the Stanleys. Uh, So Jono's going to do the Bible reading for us, and then pray, and then preach to us. Thanks, Jono. Thanks, Gav. Well, um, good morning, everyone, and uh, please open your Bibles to Romans chapter thirteen. And we're reading from verse 8. Romans 13, verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, And whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come, has already come, for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. Let's pray as we come to uh, this part of God's word. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank and praise you for your grace to us in Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to listen to your word, to think about what it means. Father, we pray that you'd help us in this, that we would have ears to hear, minds to understand and hearts ready to respond in faith and obedience. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, during this uh, crazy COVID lockdown, it's been, um, it's been fascinating to see the what I might call the love-hate relationship that we humans have with the law. And by the law, I mean the rules about what we, we can and can't do. Uh, on the one hand, we have this, well, aversion to the law. The aut- autonomous, self-determining rebel in us doesn't like to be told what to do, doesn't like to be constrained by some external authority. And yet at the same time, we have this great desire to, to know what the rules are. You know, what can and, and can't we do in this situation or that circumstance? And we've seen this, uh, this kind of dance with our, our premier and those making the rules where if there's some ambiguity or freedom in how the rules are applied, then, then people pursue clarity and, and direction. You know, just, just tell me what I can or can't do. Am I allowed to to go to the shops to to buy whatever it is that we're contemplating and wondering if it's deemed necessary? And in this dance, our Premier and the health officials have said, well, things like use common sense. Or another way of saying it is grasp the principle behind the rules and run with that. So it's been fascinating to see this this dance, this tussle, between wanting to, to nail down all the details Uh, of what you can and can't do in this situation or that situation versus grasping the principle, in the case of COVID lockdown, prevent people mixing wherever possible, grasp the principle and run with that. Well, our passage this morning in God's providence addresses something of this same tension, this same tussle, this this relationship between the law and love. The law... Uh, that this passage in Romans 13 speaks of is not the law of the land, the rules made by human authority, but the law of God, what God calls people to do, and specifically how God calls us to relate to one another. It refers uh, to the the second half of the the Ten Commandments given to Moses and the people of Israel uh, the In verse 9, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And it says that the way to fulfill the law of God is to, to grasp the principle that underlies the law and run with that. Do that, implement that, pursue that. And the principle, of course, is love. So Romans 13 finishes with a call to love one another. And I reckon in God's providence, this passage, like last week's, is a very timely word for us. And so what I want to do this morning is is unpack this passage and draw out three aspects of this call to love. So firstly, it is right to love. Verse 8 says, Let no debt remain outstanding. Except the continuing debt to love one another. I think it's interesting to speak of love as a debt. It may seem a bit strange that you know, I'm indebted to love. Uh, in part, I think Paul is using this language because it flows from what comes before this, in, back in verse 7, uh, where it says, Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, Then honour, that is, pay what you owe. But what is this saying in saying that we have a debt to love? What it's saying is that we have an obligation, a debt in that sense, an obligation to love one another. And notice it's a continuing obligation. You know, it's not like if I show love to, to Ben today, then, well, my obligation is fulfilled, it's met, and I don't need to do that anymore. No, it's a continuing obligation. It's ongoing. This is foundational to how we are to live life because it's right to love. Love is the principle that's at the core of of how God calls on us to relate to one another. It's at the core of of his law. And so as verse 8 continues, it says, For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Uh, All the laws about uh, how we relate to one another can be summed up as, the end of verse 9 says, as love your neighbour as yourself. This is how God wants us to relate to one another. Now, what does does love actually mean? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion about this. Well, to love another is to seek their good, to seek what's good for them, to, to build them up, to bring about what is good and right and beneficial for them. And it's to not harm them, as verse 10 says. Love does no harm to a neighbour. Now, I think it's important to keep this uh, in its context in our day and age. Uh, to say love does no harm to a neighbour could be used as a kind of slogan or proof text for affirming everyone in, in what they think is right, because to, to not affirm them, surely that is to do them harm. Uh, affirming one another. Where that's appropriate, well, that's a really good thing. I mean, my love language is words of affirmation. So, you know, I say, bring it on. I love a bit of affirmation. But love and harm aren't things that that we define however we like, independent of what is actually true. And the whole point of this passage is to say that love fulfills the law. The law that expresses, well, not what I think or what you think, but what God thinks, what he says is right, what is good, what is harmful. Well, that's expounded, that's explained by what the law says. So love is not some sort of wishy-washy, flexible thing that bends to to whatever I choose or whatever you choose. No, love works with the truth to seek what is truly good for my neighbour and not what is harmful for them. So it's right to love one another because this fulfils the law. This is what God wants. So that's our our upward or our Godward motivation in loving one another. It is right to love. Secondly, it is time to love. We need to understand the time in which we live. Now, we might be thinking that we're we're living in pretty strange times. COVID lockdown, online schooling, being stuck at home, uh, tuning in each day at 11am for a pep talk from mum, I mean from the premier. We're living in strange times, and it might be a challenge to understand them. But that's not, what, that's, sorry, that's not the time that this calls us to understand. We're called to understand what God gives us. He gives us an, uh, an enduring perspective of this present time. And so verse 11 says, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. What time is it? Well, you could say it's 6.30 in the morning. No, COVID lockdown hasn't maybe sent me mad. 6.30 in the morning. Well, that's the time. That's the time, the moment in, uh, in the time of day what we call first light. It's the beginning of the dawn of a new day. Sunrise is coming soon. The night time is nearly over. It's that moment of first light. And that's the image that Paul uses in this passage to describe the present time in which we live. The night of this sinful fallen world is, is nearly over. The day of Jesus' glorious eternal kingdom is almost here. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Each day is one day closer to being with Jesus in his glorious kingdom. Friends, that's a great perspective to have in life, isn't it? Irrespective of whether life is normal in however we define normal, or if it's in turmoil in the midst of of what this COVID lockdown brings us, Whatever our lot, salvation is nearer now than it was yesterday. So what's the time? Well, it's time to wake up. That's something all preachers love to say. And if you're dozing off in your comfy lounge chair at home, it's time to wake up. But more than that, it's time to wake up spiritually. Look at verse 11. Second half of it says, The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. We must understand the present time. Now is the time of that that pre-dawn, first light moment. Salvation is coming, just as sure as the coming sunrise. And so now is is no longer the time of darkness, of night time. Now is the time of the coming day. Which is the time... To love. Notice that verse 11 continues on from verse 10. It says, And do this, understanding the present time. Do this. Do what I've just told you, Paul says. That is, love one another, understanding the present time. That is, it is time to love one another because our salvation, our rescue is near. This is our our forward motivation. We love one another as we look ahead to our coming salvation. So it's, it's right to love, that's our upward motivation. It's time to love, our forward motivation. And thirdly, it's possible to love. Now why do I say that? Well, verse 12, the second half of verse 12 onwards is a call to action Look there at verse 12. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. As we understand the time... That the the night is nearly over, the day of salvation is is almost here. We wake up and we get dressed. We get dressed for the day. Now, friends, are you dressed for the day? I mean, are you dressed for this day? Perhaps you've embraced, like Gav has this morning, the opportunity to wear your pyjamas for the live stream. Perhaps you've managed the first exhortation, wake up. But the second, get dressed, well, that's, that's still to come. Perhaps lockdown has changed how you dress lately. Maybe there's been more Ugg boots and hoodies and less collared shirts and jackets. And How are we to dress for the day? Verse 12, we're to put aside the deeds of darkness. Verse 13, we're to, to get rid of the things of the night. Not in carousing and drunkenness. Not in sexual morality and debauchery. We're not to dress in dissension and jealousy, all those things are opposed to love. They they do harm to our neighbour and to ourselves. Carousing or orgies, drunkard parties, wild living, using and abusing our sexuality in ways that are contrary to God's good purpose for sex in marriage. It doesn't love others, it harms others. And notice that dissension and jealousy are included in this list. I mean they're the sort of things that the sort of nighttime behavior, if you put it that way, that wrecks the unity and harmony in a church. And so we're to, we're to take off these nighttime clothes, put them aside. And instead, verse 12, we're to put on the armor of light. We're to dress for the coming day of salvation. Now, this may all sound good and, and right. Yep, I need to, I need to wake up. I need to realize the time Jesus has come, he's coming again and I need to get rid of the bad stuff, stop getting drunk, stop looking at porn, stop filling my mind with trashy TV shows and movie and stop the quarreling and the jealousy. I need to get rid of the bad stuff and I need to steal my moral will and try to be good. It may kind of feel a bit like that. I feel like a call for moralism. Try hard to be good and love others better. And you know what, I, th- I think if we stopped at verse 13, then it could very easily feel like that. But look at what verse 14 says. Here is the, the wonderfully liberating reason that it's, that it's possible to love one another. Here is the way to get dressed. Verse 14, rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Notice it doesn't say, rather, muster all your inner willpower to be a more amazing version of yourself. It doesn't say, rather, clothe yourselves with your best behaviour. No, it says, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what does that actually mean? What what does that look like? How do we do this? Well, the book of Romans has, has taught us. This means be united with Christ by faith. It means walk by the Spirit rather than seeking to please the sinful nature. Jesus has has given us the clothes to wear. He's given us the gift of righteousness before God, forgiveness, justification, peace with God through him. And so by trusting in him, we are united with him in his death and in his resurrection. Our sinful nature is put to death. It's done away with. And we're raised to new life with him. Friends, these are the daytime clothes that we're given so that we can live a daytime life. And so in view of God's incredible mercy to us in Christ Jesus, we are invited, we are called, we are urged to to give ourselves in a life of worship to God, in all of life, including and in particular in how we love one another. Clothing ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ means receiving him as our saviour being united with him and living out the life of worship that he invites us to and that he makes possible. Now you might already have picked up that uh, at the end of chapter 13 really links back to the beginning of chapter 12. And they're like two bookends holding these two chapters together. In view of God's mercy, we're to, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice as we clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not to conform to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds as we do not even think about how to gratify the desires of the the flesh, of our sinful nature. Jesus invites us, calls us, enables us to live a life of love for others as we clothe ourselves with him, as we trust him, as we live for him. It is right to love. That's our upward motivation. We love one another because love fulfills God's law. It's time to love. This is our forward motivation. We love one another because our rescue is very near and it's possible to love. This is our inward enabling. We love one another because we are clothed with Christ. So what will this mean for us? Well, let me draw out some implications Firstly, I want to ask, do you need to wake up and get dressed to realise the time? It's time to stop slumbering in the dark, in the, the broken, unloving selfishness of this world. Jesus has come and he has brought the dawning day. So, clothe yourself with Christ. If you haven't already done so, come to him for rescue and salvation from sin. Receive him as your saviour. Hand over your life to him to live with him as your Lord. Wake up and get dressed with Christ. Secondly, continue to wake up and get dressed. Understand the present time. Salvation is near, so get on with loving one another. Keep clothing yourself with the Lord Jesus day by day. Don't fall asleep and, and start dabbling in the things of darkness. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. And so love one another in response to God. God's whole law shapes us in that direction. And friends, this, this upward motivation is powerful. Sometimes loving one another is difficult. Sometimes it's easy, but sometimes it's It's hard. Often we don't have a choice about who we're called to love as God puts all sorts of people around us, our family, the people in our church, our our neighbours. Sometimes loving the people that God puts before us in our sphere of life is hard. And, you know, if it was just up to, to me and what I want, then, well, I might be inclined to sometimes just give it a miss. But this upward motivation is powerful because we love one another Because God calls us to, which is actually a wonderful liberating circuit breaker on our human sinfulness. Now, If my motivation to to love you was only because I felt like it, well, we'd be on pretty shaky ground because my feelings can and likely will change, especially given that we both sin. But if my motivation to love you is grounded in what God wants and what God enables through Christ Jesus, well, things are looking a whole lot better. Sure, we'll still fail to do that perfectly. But even as we do, we, we have a sure foundation, we have an anchor that we can come back to, that we can start over with. Friends, this call to love one another, it's, it's not rocket science, but it's a timely call and a, and a timely reminder. Perhaps especially so as we find ourselves confined more at home and, and isolated from others, So let me urge you and encourage you as I urge and encourage myself to wake up, to get dressed, to clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and get on with loving one another. Why don't you think about how you can do that practically today for the the people that God has put in your life. Perhaps there's others in your household. You've probably got a much greater opportunity and perhaps a much greater need to love them at this time. Others in your church, in your growth group or the wider church family. How can you reach out to them today and love them at this time? Maybe your neighbours, your friends, your wider family. Whoever it is that God has put before you and call on you to love. Have a think about how you can love them practically today. It is right to love. It is time to love. And in Christ Jesus, it is possible to love. Let's pray. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your grace to us in Jesus. Father, we thank you that Jesus has come and that that glorious future day of salvation is dawning as each day it's one day closer. Father, we, we pray and ask that you'd help us to understand this present time to wake up, to get rid of the deeds of darkness and to clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ such that we love one another. Our Father, we thank you that you have made this possible and we pray and ask that you would work this in us. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.